Welcome to the Providence Community Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. If you'd like to stay connected with us, download our app, Providence Community, or visit our website, providencecommunity.org. Good morning, family. How are you? Good. Philip actually told me when to come up, and I get so lost in worship, I always forget stuff. So I came up way early. Turn with me, if you've got a Bible, or you use an app, or whatever device, uh, to the Gospel of John. And we are going to look at two different portions of Scripture today. Um, this morning, and, and um, one we're going to look at pretty intensely, and then the second one we're going to wrap up with. So just go to the Gospel of John, and while you're going there, um, I'm going to throw a quick shameless plug for sessions. Jordan, I can't wait for what you're teaching. It's going to be awesome. If you've not been in Sunday sessions, um, try and rearrange your morning schedule and, and get some time uh, to come out to the classes that we're offering on Sunday mornings. I know it's not convenient for all of you, um, but what in life is really convenient that's worthwhile? Seriously. Make, make a decision to, to come and learn a little bit more about the scriptures. I, I'm, I'm going to teach a class in January four consecutive weeks. I'm going to teach you the whole Bible in four words. Don't believe me. You're all looking at me like, sure you are. I'm going to teach you the Bible in four words. I'll give you the entirety of the scriptures in four words in four weeks. If you'll come out and give me four weeks of your time. Okay? So if you don't and I ever run across you and you say, I just don't understand the Bible. I'm going to say, well, you missed it. You had your opportunity. <laughs> now, come on out for Sunday sessions. I brought a stool with me this morning because I, I just get too wound up and I thought the stool might help me stay settled and get through what's on my heart this morning. So can we just have a talk this morning? Is that all right with y'all? So uh, I, I need to share, we can't have a talk, Julie? Oh, we're good? Okay, she was giving me a thumbs up. When Julie raises her hand, everybody pays attention. <laughs> Julie makes the world go round. And I'm not kidding. Um. I'm going to share a story with you here to open up this morning, and I'm just going to throw a disclaimer. I've got to bleep some things out of it. There's some words in it that I, I can't share from the pulpit. I wish I could because it really makes it funnier. Um, and I know Pastor probably shouldn't say that, but there it is. Uh, I, I, it's just life, man. And, and uh, we run across people all the time that, that don't realize that this book says that we're, you know, we shouldn't speak profanely. Um, and I won't lie to you, every now and then one gets out of me from a deep, dark crevasse that still is in there. Um, but uh, when, when certain words come out of the mouths of six-year-olds, uh, it's not good, but it's often funny. So I, I want to share this story with you. And trust me, it's gonna, it's, it, it will tie in. I'm not just sharing it so I can get a shock value out of you. Christine, my wife of 26 years, uh, manages Prince Street, York, downtown York in the square. And that's why you don't see her on Sunday mornings because that's her busiest day and she needs to be down there uh, having coffee shop church. 
Yeah. And um, she does a fabulous job. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago, downtown York had their uh, Christmas time where they're hanging the greens and doing all those things. And, and the jolly fat St. Nick was in a coffee shop that day for kids to come in and climb in his lap or whatever. And uh, little six-year-old's in line with her mom. And Christine said she could tell right away this girl was full of herself, man. Head bobbing, finger wagging, kind of telling mom how it was going to be. Mom's trying to get her straightened out and under control and all that good stuff. And uh, she climbs up in St. Nick's lap. And Saint says, uh, St. Nick says, um, so you've been naughty or nice? She says, what's naughty? <laughs> He's like, oh, have you been good or have you been bad? Oh, I've been bad. <laughs> My mom tells me all the time, I've been bad. But you're bringing me gifts anyway. <laughs> Six-year-old. But you're bringing me gifts anyway. Santa's like, oh, okay. So what should I bring you? I want some bumper cars. And I don't want those lame beep bumper cars that are from Barbie. Those plastic things. I want the real thing. I want bumper cars from Hershey Park, the kind when you slam into each other, they make you bounce around. That's the kind of bumper cars I want. So she lays a good old expletive on Santa, telling Santa what she's going to get. And mom, who's in the line, just embarrassed, lays out a string of expletives to tell her not to use expletives. <laughs> Six years old. She don't want those lame beep bumper cars from Barbie. She wants the real thing. When I was a cop, one of the, one of the things that I did a lot was uh, go into uh, kindergarten classes, talk about what they called Stranger Danger back then. Uh, they've changed the name of that now because uh, lots of first responders are strangers to kids, so it wasn't good to tell kids that they shouldn't talk to strangers because then... When we would show up in uniform as a stranger, they didn't want to talk to us, right? So um, I forget what they call it now. But um, I would go into kindergarten classes, and I, always, I learned over the years that when I went in, I would have to say, now at the end of this presentation, I'm going to ask for questions, and I need to get questions, not stories, Right? <laughs> And I would, I would speak a little bit more kindergarten to ease when I, when I said that, but uh, I, would, I would basically let them know, hey, I don't have time for your story, because if you've ever been around kindergartners, uh, they love to tell stories. Well, here's the thing, because I was in uniform, I got everything. Well, my daddy went to jail yesterday, and he's sitting there, my mommy said, you know, and I'm, I'm telling you, I... I was, I'd go back and talk to detectives and I'd say, man, we just need to do all our investigations into kindergarten. <laughs> all we need to do is walk in and say, hey, what's going on at home today, folks? Kids would just put it out there, right? Um, so if you have youngsters, uh, there you go. That one was free. Watch what you're saying in your house. Watch what you're doing in your house because when they get to class, they're telling everybody, especially the cops. So if you got your, if you got your uh, finger in uh, 
1 John there. Let's take a look at it. And I'm going to read a substantial piece of scripture. I love the scriptures. I love to read the scriptures out loud. I love to hear the scriptures out loud. I just think there's some faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, the Bible says. So I love to speak it out loud because it just increases our faith. Let's read together. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, this is he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. And from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He made him known. Father, thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us into all truth this morning. In Christ's name I pray, amen. So why does John call Jesus the word? Well, I think just like my stories in the opening, the simplest reason that we can take a look at is because children reveal the hearts of their parents. Jesus Christ, God's only son, his mission was to reveal the heart of his father. And so John opens reflecting upon that mission by calling him the word. What I want to do is just, let's work through this verse by verse. And I promise we'll get you out of here on time. We're thereabouts. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right out of the box, John says, Jesus is divine. He is divinity. He not only was in the beginning, but he is God in the beginning. I don't know about you, but that brings me deep comfort. Deep comfort. You take all the other gods, little g, that are worshipped around this globe. And this separates them all. Jesus not only came, but he was in the beginning. Before the creation of all things, outside time as we know it, he's there. Verse 3. All things were made through him, and without him, not was anything made that was made. I can tell you I've read that verse over and over and over and over, because it just seems like it's tripping on itself, you know? You ever have that? You read that one, you're like, what? Let's look at it again. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. What's that really saying? All things were made through him. God didn't add anything after that. Jesus participated in the creation of all things. One of my favorite things to do in the scriptures is to remember that God is love. And then take that posture back into the creative story. For years and years and years, I would read Genesis 1. And I would see almost like a, a divine magic show. God speak, poof, there it is, right? What I've been doing probably in the last decade is remembering that God is three persons, a perfect loving relationship within himself. And that they aren't isolated persons. They are in perfect fellowship, perfect cooperation, perfect union, perfect unity. And they love to converse with one another. All through the scriptures, you hear Jesus saying, right? I do what my father says I do. When we look back at the creative story, I like to kind of think between the lines and think, you know, what did that look like? What, what do parents look like in anticipation of having a child? If you've ever built anything for someone else, what was your heart posture in doing those kind of things? You know, I, I think when we look at those kind of memories or uh, we get just a fraction of the divine excitement 
that existed within the Trinity during creation. You know, I, I just let my mind go. God looking at Jesus. Let's make light. Yeah, that would be cool. Big fireball. Like a tremendously big fireball. Can you imagine? Yeah. Speak it, Dad. Speak it, Dad. I want to do it. Let there be light. And they sit back. Think about it. Trees, all different kinds. Look at the variety that exists in nature. It's incredible. It's incredible. Love is incredibly creative. Incredibly creative. And love's uniqueness, right? That's what I love about people watching. I look at the uniqueness of us all, how screwed up we all are. It's a beautiful thing. Our family, we call that color. You know, when we lived in town, uh, there were certain people that we'd see every day, some of which were, you know, just a little off. So we had the iced tea guy, the guy just walked around town, he always had a jug of iced tea. So me and the kids after, you know, oh, that's the iced tea guy. One of the things when I was policing the neighborhood is you got to know all these people, right? And uh, what I learned was they're just beautiful souls, just beautiful souls. Did I ever tell you the story about the woman with the uh, wedding dress? So, sorry, this is not my notes but I have time. So I'm at a conference. It was a Holy Spirit conference, and this is before me and the Holy Spirit were as friendly as we are now. You know? Um, sometimes the Holy Spirit expresses just weirdly, you know? I don't know what to say. Just weirdly. And, and when, you, when you're not raised, I was raised in a Methodist church where, you know, we, we, we said the Holy Ghost, but we we. I think most Sundays they were hoping he never showed up. <laughs> anyway, I was at this conference, and um, uh, beautiful friends of mine, the Sackets, took us along, and, and, and their heart was just for us to kind of grow in our faith and, and, and understanding of the ministry of the Spirit. And, and so we were up in Cranmere, New Jersey, and we go in, and the first worship set, and there's a woman with a wedding dress on like a big pole and she is just running around the outside of the sanctuary. And I'm telling you, I was like, what the heck is going on in here? This woman is crazy. Round and round and round she went. I finally had to shut my eyes. I'm easily distracted. I just wanted to worship. That's why I said to the Lord, Lord, I'd just keep me from the kooks. I just want to worship, you know. <laughs> And she's just doing her thing, and, and so I'm, whatever. So the session's over, and in between sessions, you can go out, and there's a coffee shop out there. So I grab a coffee, and Christine and all the ladies are going to the restroom, and I grab a coffee, and I sit down. Guess who came and sat down right across from me at the table? <laughs> yep, crazy wedding dress lady. She sat down, and I just looked at her, 
And as cops often do, we're not afraid to ask any question, right? I said, hey, <laughs> what is up with the wedding dress? <laughs> she took a couple minutes and laid a story of her life on me. Totally disarmed me. She was the most beautiful human being. And she said, that's just how I express my excitement for the wedding supper. <laughs> Till we were done, I said, you go, girl. I will be cheering as you're running laps. You know what I'm saying? How did I get on that? <laughs> Color. All things were made through Jesus Christ, our Lord. All things. I drive a truck every day. And when it breaks down, there are some things I know how to fix and then there are a lot of things I don't know how to fix. Back in the day, there used to be these things called Chilton's. You know, the Chilton's, you know, Paul, you know what the Chilton's is, right? Chilton's is a line-by-line -line service manual for an automobile. So back in the day when you bought a car, if you had any mechanical aptitude and want to do your own work, you immediately went and bought the Chilton's for your, for your vehicle. And I'm not, this is an exhaustive book. But what it would do is allow you to tear in there and, and tell you what you got to do and what order and all that kind of thing. Nowadays, we do what? YouTube. Yeah, we get on YouTube and you hope you get the guy that did it right. <laughs> right? <laughs> I always know the guy that just starts talking too much at the front end. I'm like, you're done. Next. Okay, but what do we do? We go back to the person who made the thing to figure out what's wrong with the thing. Right? Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ created everything. He's our source. In the beginning, God, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus. I don't know where you are today, if you're starting something new, you want to talk to the guy that was at the beginning. If you're involved in something and it's just not going so well, you want to talk to the guy that was in the beginning. In him, verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. So John now has given Jesus, he is the word, now he's life, and he's light. In him was life, did you get that? In him. Not around him, not something he conjured up. Source of, in him, was life. 
So he is our source of life and he is the light. Purpose, illuminate the life. Right? You want to see something, you get a light out. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. I was in the mountains, uh, Philip said I'd talk hunting the whole time, I'm just going to give you this little bit. And we're not killing anything in this story. Okay, so all you non-hunters, relax. When I hunt, I can't, I've got to be one of the first people in the woods. I've got to be. I'm not going to be the guy who, who bumps into the guy when I go in. I'm telling you, you hunt with me, you better be ready to get up in the morning and get in the woods because I'm going to be the guy that the guy's bumping into. All right? That's how I roll. So I'm out in my stand opening day up in Center County, Pennsylvania, middle of, uh, it's not the middle of nowhere, but it feels like the middle of nowhere, which is what I love about it. Okay? Um, and I'm out there in my stand an hour and a half before the sun is even thinking about coming up. And about a half an hour into uh, my God time, my just reflection time, I mean, it is so still. And so if you're not a morning person, you are missing it. There's just something about pre-dawn that is special. So I'm sitting out there thinking about not, you know, I pack a lunch. I always got to tell myself, you're not touching that lunch till 10 a.m. Because I'll eat the whole thing by 6.30 if I, if I don't set these goals for me. But I'm sitting out there and I'm talking to the Lord and, and just, just saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that I have the health to be out here. Thank you, thank you for what you've created around me. I don't care how today goes. I just am so thankful to be here. And about that time, I looked to my right, and off in the distance, I see this flashlight, you know. If you ever watched anybody walk through the woods, it looks like they are drunk, you know. <laughs> Lights going up and down and all around, and it's in the trees, and it's in the thing, right? But you know what? I was sitting in utter darkness. I had no problem seeing that light. Someone had to pick that light up and bring it to the darkness for me to see it. Jesus is the light of life. He illuminates himself. But he also calls us to carry a light. Verses 6 through 10. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. Man's purpose. There was a man sent from God. Man's purpose. 
In creation, God made a decision on how he was going to work in this world. And his decision was to work through those of us that carry his image. To work through men. And ladies, when I say man, I'm talking to all of us, men and women. When we carry his image, we become the light. Not the true light but the light that points to the true light, which illuminates life. Now, God is absolutely true. Did you hear that? He is absolute truth, which means if he made a decision in creation in order to be true to his word and his decision, that's how he's going to do business on earth. It's not changed since he made the decision. So Jesus is coming into the world. What does he do? Chooses a man named John to illuminate the way for the coming Savior. Because that's how he rolls here. So he chooses John to express his heart Sorry, I'm having a hard time reading my note here. Spiritual truth is spiritually discerned. That's another reason we need a believer to be the light to the real light. Okay? I'm going to go a little bit deeper here in a minute. Well, let's just go there. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 11. Now, you know what? Let me back up. Sorry. That's what happens when you have to page flip. I kind of got ahead of myself, but I missed a point. So I just want to give you this illustration quickly. When you blow a breaker in your house, what do you do? We can participate. It's okay. I'm sitting down. All right. What do you do? Before you flip the breaker, what do you do? You get a flashlight. Or your, you know, your phone, which has a flashlight on it, you know. If you just fumble your way down to the, the breaker box, uh, you're going to look like Miss Cole up here with crutches and all kinds of good stuff. I don't know what happened. Youth ministry, probably. <laughs> or is it yours? That's yours. That's yours. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where your breaker box is, but mine's down in the basement. And, and to get down there, the safest way, what do you want to do? You want to get a light to get to the breaker box, and the breaker box is what? The source. You want to flip that breaker so all the lights come back on, right? That's John. John's carrying a flashlight. That's you and me. We're carrying the little light to get to the breaker that we can, Holy Spirit flips that sucker, all illumination comes on. This is God's creative order. And we see it in verse 11. Jesus came to his own. Who were his own? 
the Jews, right? God made a choice of a group of people to be his voice, to be the ones who said, this is the heart of God. The ones who demonstrate, he made a choice. Remember, God's true. He's always true. He had to go to his own first. He chose them. What happened? They didn't recognize him. What did he do next? To whomever believes. Let me ask you this. I'm getting up because I'm getting wound up. The Jews weren't the only people God created, were they? No. So they weren't exclusively his. They were just a people group that God made a decision to share his heart through. But when they didn't respond, when they didn't see the light, Jesus just said, I made them too. I'm moving out. I'm moving to the next group. Verse 12, this is the greatest news. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, notice something. Why did John refer to Jesus as the word? Because that's how children express the hearts of their father, right? Do you see what just happened now? We've, in belief, become one of God's children. We get to be his expression. He's counting on us to be his expression. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, born of God. You know, Bible says that when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you become a new creation. This book, my friends, is a spiritual book. And it's written to spiritual beings. And when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you are no longer looked upon in the flesh because you've become spirit. Spiritual truth is spiritually discerned. If you're getting in this book and you're saying, I don't understand a word of it, I would say, are you sure you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ? don't have to understand it all. You know what I say? Grab what you do understand and apply it and you'll change the world. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory Glory as of only the Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 16, and from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. 
Ladies and gentlemen, when you get in the presence of God, you get in the fullness of God. I wrote this note down this morning as I was listening to the worship team practice, which I love to do. We've, we've just got just tremendously gifted people. And I love to watch them prepare for you all and, and the move of God through their worship. But this morning I wrote this. Where did I write it? The word divinity became flesh humanity. Just take a second and think about that. The creator of all things humbled himself to be like the created. If you want to know one of the keys in the kingdom, try out humility. Jesus Christ humbled himself, not only to flesh, but to the crucifixion of that flesh. He hung on a cross, could have spoken and recreated everything and stayed true to his father's heart. A redeemer. The degree of our fullness is equal to the degree of our surrender. You know, the Bible talks of the baptism of the Spirit, the fullness of the Spirit. And baptism, when you, when, when you put something, the picture that's there is something being immersed in a dye. What's the purpose of doing that? So it would take on the color of what it's being immersed in. Complete surrender is what it takes to take on the color. The more you surrender to the will and the heart of the Father, the more his fullness is evident in and through you. And the more he works through his heart through you, the more you become that expression. This is the baptism. This is the fullness of the expression of the Spirit of God. Nothing weird about it. It's crazy beautiful. It's crazy intimate. And it is crazy powerful. Flip over to John chapter 17. And I'm closing up. John chapter 17, there's a section called the high priestly prayer, right? Jesus is praying for his disciples. And then he says this. Let me just read a couple verses. I'm going to back up into verse 15. I do not ask that you take them out of the world. Now, sorry, I want to go back to 14. I have given them your what? Word. And the world has hated them because they are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. 
spiritual beings, people, right? You're not an alien. You're a spiritual being, just like Jesus was. I do not ask that you take them out of the world. You see that? I do not take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. He's praying protection over us as we remain and invade darkness. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them. What's that mean? Set them apart as holy. Set them apart. Sanctify them. In the truth, your what? Word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate or sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. Now, here's the verse I want you to see. I do not ask for these only. He was praying over the disciples. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. You see that? Jesus asked for you. That's a personal prayer from your Savior for you. That they may be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also, that they also may be in us that the world may believe that you sent me. Where are you this morning? Are you one of those people that is wrestling with some big questions? And when I say big questions, this is one I get all the time. If God is loving, if God is good, why does he let all these bad things happen to you? You know, my response always is, it's a wrong question. God is good. God is love. You've got to eliminate the if from the question. And the question becomes, God is love. God is good. So why do bad things happen? See the difference? If you're wrestling with those kind of questions... There is a savior who recognized sin was in this world and it needed to be eradicated because that's why bad things happen. And he came in flesh and got the keys to sin and death back. And he is life to the full. And today, in your hearing, you've read that and seen that and heard that. And I want to challenge you. Step out in faith. Believe on the name of Jesus 
and you shall become a child of God. Release the ifs. Humble yourself and embrace the he is. Maybe your light, your flashlight has been in the drawer. You know, it's time to bring it out. And remember, you're the illuminator. You're the one that gets people to the breaker box. Okay? Jesus Christ asked for you by name. You read it, you saw it, you heard it. Step out in faith this morning. Step into the prayer of Jesus and say, sanctify me. I'm sorry, I've let my light in the drawer. I'm getting it out today, Lord Jesus. And I'm telling you, I don't want any of that lame blankety blank kind of commitment. We're not talking Barbie shop here. We're talking the real bumper cars. Okay, I'm telling you, you put your faith in Jesus, you get the light out of that box, you're gonna get knocked around. But you got a savior who's driving the Mack truck. And when push comes to shove, he puts all things straight. Why? Because he was in the beginning. He created it all. And he's coming back in the end. (laughs) As a child, it is your joy to be that kindergartner and to share, my daddy says, my daddy does, my daddy is. Be that light that invades darkness. Would you stand with your feet? Stand to your feet, with your feet. I just want you to close your eyes for a second. And ask your heart of hearts. What did I hear this morning? And how should I respond? And I'm not gonna ask you to walk forward and I'm not gonna ask you to raise a hand. The only thing I'm asking is that you don't give God some Barbie talk. Just be genuine with him. Let him meet you in your place of need. Just take a second and then I'm going to pray a blessing over us. I pray that as we go forth from this house, that we may all be one. Just as the Father is in Christ, Christ is in the Father, the Spirit resides in us, that we may be one. 
so the world may believe that God sent Jesus. Father, I pray that your glory that you were given, that you have given now to us, may be on display outside the walls of these church, in our places of business, in our homes, in our communities. May hope be the banner that goes before us and that when people ask us about that hope, that we would be like kindergartners, anxious and excited to say, let me tell you about my daddy. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the fullness, for the fullness that you are. Grace upon grace. May we be people of the truth of your word full of grace and may we shine our light so that they may see the true light in Jesus name we pray amen and amen thank you for listening to the sermon of the week we hope you've been blessed by this message If you'd like to partner with us, you have the opportunity to give online at providencecommunity.org. 